Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. Are you, is, is X gonna give it to you? I, I don't know why I live with that. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Um, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those things where I feel like if you are, a, if you're an Xbox fan, like you'd think they'd start with that, that song. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it fits. It definitely fits. <laughs> Ryan, you're just a marketing genius. They they just, they don't even know. It was in there. Uh, <laughs> you just didn't hear it. I, I, I guess it was actually in there. I guess there's a cover of that song in uh, the, the Crossfire X, the totally uh, normal uh, army well, yeah, shooter. But that, that's because it has X in its name. <laughs> That had nothing to do with Xbox. <laughs> I know. And that's the thing is just maybe maybe Xbox has grown now and they just don't they don't need to rely on X related songs. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But uh, we're going to talk a lot about the Xbox Games Showcase today, guys. Um, if you missed it, it's up on YouTube now. They've got like a, a whole big summary at news.xbox.com. So you guys can go and check that out before we get into it. But Ryan, before we talk about Xbox... Tell me a little bit more about Desperados 3, because this is you kind of like started talking about it last week, but you finished it up now. Yes, I did finish Desperados 3. It was uh, it was one of those things where I, I wasn't sure when I first started playing Desperados 3 if I was going to finish it. And then I just kept going. And the story as one complete uh, sort of telling was was really interesting and i mean i'm not a big western person but for some reason the story they were they were telling you know again another story of revenge and uh but but a little more spaghetti western like less less uh less gruesome and and tolling as as last of us part two and okay more like, what i i've heard that expression before but i have no idea what it means what's that what is a spaghetti western i don't know it's just it's just a thing I said. <laughs> I think it's like one of those like old school westerns, and I, again, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a western film person, and it's like when we talk. If I were to play Ghost of Tsushima, it'd be like I really like this. It's like samurai films, but I've I know that, but I've never I don't I haven't really watched a lot of samurai films. So um, for me, it's just I I know that that is a, a genre of westerns. I think it's like old school. Uh, I don't know Clint Clint Eastwood stuff. Apparently, it means uh, or okay. it's also known as an Italian Western. And I was going to say that genre of the mid nineteen sixties. Okay, <laughs> apparently, so, I, I could so be says wrong. Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, I could be wrong when it comes to the comparison, to, but but again, like from a from a story like a Western story, it feels very much like this is probably. Uh, fits right in with a lot of those old old cowboy western uh, uh, movies and yeah, Clint Eastwood was definitely in a spaghetti western though apparently you can also call them euro westerns which I find amazing basically they're made in Europe about the U.S. <laughs> yeah I mean you yeah. gotta you gotta remove yourself to <laughs> to kind of romanticize <laughs> that era i guess so <laughs> it was probably not that great uh and i mean in in the game like again i i just wanted to uh experience the whole story and and it was a very satisfying end and it was it's like told in three parts and it's got some really good sort of beginning middle and end moments as you uh complete a chapter and move into the next and uh i found that 
I, you know, the more missions I did, the more I realized like, oh, they're not just giving us straight up your point. Here's point A. Here's what you got to do at point B. And you've got all the characters. You know, usually when you do a lot of these these missions in video games, you get a character and suddenly that character is now in your roster to use. But I found that the story was consistently introducing reasons for you to control um, Doc, uh, O'Hara, and... Um, Uh, Isabel right as opposed to Hector and John like and they're all very different so the fact that every mission presents you with a different roster uh, and different objectives it really mixes things up so when you finished a mission you're like man that took an hour and a half to do maybe two hours to get through the whole thing but it still felt fresh when you went to the next one because they were constantly introducing you know in the last so one mission you're you're having to run across the map trying to find a specific person and then take that person out by going to three locales and, you know, sleuthing around to see see what's up. And then the next mission, uh, you're having to, you know, get on a train and escape. And the only way to escape on a train is to stop, you know, the train on the tracks because it, it, it's consistently moving through the map, right? So it was constantly introducing these new elements as opposed to just move your dude stealthily from point A to point B, kill this guy and get out of there. Like there were missions like that, but they were very few and far between. There was a lot more uh, objectives thrown in and sort of map highlights. Like I think my favorite was the train. There was a, there was one mission where you had to get on this train, but because you were escaping and the enemy knew you were trying to escape, they had ordered the train to keep moving. Like don't stop. So just keep moving through the map it's a little unrealistic. Like that's probably like a, a really short track that the train just keeps moving around. But I don't know, maybe you got to, <laughs> you know, maybe it's like a, a bus route. The, the train is just constantly running this, this short loop. <laughs> um, but you can use that to your advantage, right? You can, you can lure enemies around, distract them, and then try to get them taken out by the train, right? Because they're constantly tr- crossing the tracks. So if you interrupt their sort of pathing and then the train happens to go by in the right right order it's like suddenly you didn't have to lift a finger and you're you're down one dude you don't have to worry about so it's it was really satisfying as you kind of went further in the game and they introduced these new uh sometimes hurdles and sometimes um advantages to to kind of try to get through the map so i did finish it i very much enjoyed my time with it it's about a 25 hour you know main campaign experience and it goes by very quickly i found that when you get into sort of the mechanics of, of progressing through the map, uh, you, you do lose track of time. I quickly lost track of time when I was playing this game to the point where I started playing it on, on the treadmill through steam link and a controller. And I got used to the controller controls. And, uh, I, before you knew it, my 30 minutes was up and I was like, Oh, I kind of, kind of want to keep going. Cause obviously I didn't progress as far as I wanted to because a I'm running and, and B these are long maps, but, uh, <laughs> I did uh, enjoy, so I, I beat the main campaign and then they have these challenges, challenge modes that they had. And I, I really didn't feel like I was going to go into those challenge modes, but they're really cool because they're the Baron's challenges and they just added four more through uh, sort of a free update. And they are like remixed. They use the same maps, but they're remixed objectives. And they were a lot of fun and they're kind of bite-sized. They're not as long. Like I think the one I did took about half hour to finish. And some of them, you're controlling multiple characters, but the ones I did play, you end up controlling one character and you're kind of running around. I think the objective was the one I did finish was you have to kill everyone on the map without being seen 
and uh, you have to use this specific character. And that character was Isabel, uh, the one with the the voodoo powers. She wasn't present on that map when you first played it in Chapter 1. So it was really interesting to go back to that map, have all these powers you didn't have at your disposal when you originally did it, and uh, it was just a really neat way so if they're adding more barons challenges for as free updates like that's a really cool way to get you back in there go back to these these maps that you you spend a lot of time on and then you can go back and you can kind of experience these uh these remixed challenges and and most of them are these uh like hey you're gonna use uh just doc who's like the sniper guy and all you can do is snipe so you have to that sounds easy on paper. It's like, oh, I just have to like stand here and just shoot everybody. Well, no, you got to make sure when you're shooting them that no one sees that person go down because then they'll raise the alarms. So there's like all this this uh, push and pull in terms of what you're having to do to to micromanage uh, moving through the level. So I'm gonna I'm gonna probably keep going through that and and trying some of the missions. But uh, yeah, it's uh it's a really it's a really fun fun experience, and I highly recommend it if you're if you're looking for a like a nice uh, stealth tactics game. Well, it sounds like you had a lot of fun with Desperados 3, and maybe it's actually something that I will check out, but we have a lot to talk about this week. And before we jump into the Xbox Games Showcase, I do want to take a moment now to thank our patrons. Will and Parker, thank you so much for supporting us. You are our patrons for the month of July. And if you guys would like to be just like Will and Parker, you can go to patreon.com slash the gamers in the gamers in is always going to be free but if you do enjoy our show that is the best way to support us now on to the games so we had the xbox games showcase this week and i don't know they just when they said it was going to be a game showcase i mean i was down that was one thing that people had talked about with xbox before where you know they'd given us lots of hardware information but everyone is waiting on the games that's what in the end decides what console you're probably going to back in a new generation, right? So Mm. everyone was really waiting on the games. And then they kind of came out with this announcement right off the very top of the showcase that was like, hey, guys, guess what? Everything that you see in the presentation today are Game Pass titles, meaning that everyone can play everything right away which was absolutely mind-blowing to me because they also said through the course of this showcase that they're going to have 100 titles as of this holiday. So they're still looking to launch the Series X this year, which is kind of crazy in and of itself with just the way 2020 is gone. And then the fact that they're going to have 100 titles available to play on it this holiday, that's crazy. Even if it is just like up old stuff, that's still a hell of a lot to do on a console. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of wild, and I think what Microsoft is doing with their approach to Xbox is they're not, and and you even said it yourself, like their fo- this was a game showcase. They're not too worried if you don't want to buy an Xbox Series X. They want you to play their games, and that is their main focus. And it's very refreshing, honestly, because now we don't have to have this conversation of. PlayStation versus Xbox versus Nintendo it's it can be and I and I really believe with this generation we're going to see a lot of people uh, have access to all three all three sort of tiers of, of content from Microsoft Sony and Nintendo it you're going to see a lot more people owning 
the ability to play all those games as opposed to, you know, previous generations, you know, you and I have access to all the platforms. We're, we're power users. We do a show. We want to cover all, all the new stuff. But you're going to have other folks now who buy a PS5 already own a Switch and have a PC or a phone that they can play these games on through either xCloud or Game Pass. So it's it's really it's really refreshing. You know, we don't have to have that conversation of like, which box did you buy? You can just say, I've got Game Pass and I'm playing Halo Infinite on my PC. So it's really cool. Right. But at the same time, it also felt like there were, you know, they were they were giving you reasons to buy. They were very, <laughs> very clear that everything that they're doing and all of like the upscaling and, and everything they're making for the Series X still going to, you know, kind of like scale down, scale back. They were talking a whole lot about being able to play titles across PC, Xbox and Series X. So I guess Xbox One and Series X. So basically like current gen, next gen and PC, they were very like all inclusive with a lot of their announcements. So on the one hand, it's like, yay, everybody gets to play everything. But then on the other hand, it's like, yeah, but if you play it on the Series X, look at specifically, and I said this last time we covered one of these next gen events, there's so many particle effects. It's like everyone is making fairy dust. Yep. <laughs> like everything is dusty. Everything is particles in the air. Things are flying everywhere. There's rubble with like bits and stones and stuff. Like it just, they're really leaning into how many particles they can show now. And it was just like everything, regardless of genre, was just full on into little bits. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right with Microsoft saying the best place to play our games will be the Xbox Series X because that is their target platform. First and foremost, uh, there was a quote out there about some misunderstanding of some games like Halo Infinite saying Xbox One, Xbox Series X and PC, whereas Fable was just Xbox Series X and PC um, because they are saying first party games will be Xbox Series X as their core sort of target, PC as their next target, and then depending on when the game is released, maybe Xbox One. Um, they haven't committed to how long they're going to be releasing their first party games on the previous generation of hardware, but it's looking like over the next two years is when you're going to see that overlap, which I think is a good sort of... Uh, That's it's a, a good length, I think. I oh, you, it's, it's really good, yeah. Because you, you never want to like hold back your, your next gen stuff. Mm -hmm. just just to to make sure that you can still play it on the older systems like at some point you kind of have to commit to your next generation and and move on and i think that you know doing that within say the first three to six months like that's way too fast that feels like you are absolutely leaving your core audience behind and you got to give people a little bit of a chance to to make that crossover and so i mean I think that they're like they're being quite generous, I think, mm -hmm. with a with a kind of two year ish launch window of time where things will likely be supported on both platforms. So I'm probably going to pick up an Xbox Series X at some point. And a lot of that is really going to depend on when they release the the new fable now. Mm. I, I think we should just kind of like jump in and I'm I'm jumping in at the end of the presentation because this honestly fable is like my favorite thing ever. It is right up there with Horizon Zero Dawn in terms of like 
my absolute favorite titles. And I know that like I've talked about this on the podcast before, but like part of the inspiration for my tattoo was Fable 3. Like I just I absolutely love Fable and the Fable franchise. I love your decisions, not only having consequences, but then reflecting like your appearance, reflecting your decisions and the life that you've led. And, you know, it just it really the way that they kind of like allow your player character to be any part of a spectrum from like pure amazing good to like super duper gucky evil and anywhere in between because like all of the decisions that you make over the course of your story place you somewhere on that spectrum I just I love love that about the fable franchise and this is like this is not a fable four this is a return to the world of Albion. It's a, it's a return to Fable, but not tied to any of the previous three titles. Yeah, it, it looks like a, a reboot of the franchise yeah. from a new developer, which is uh, Playground Games. They are best known for Forza Horizon, So, uh, but they're British. Which means that this is going to be pretty. Yeah. And <laughs> it already did cars. look pretty. Yeah. Maybe there'll be cars. No. I hope not. <laughs> no, I, I think this is very much. And you got that from the trailer. Uh, I was watching this stream muted because I was doing some other stuff at the time. And, and I saw the, the sort of fairy flying through um, the environment. And I knew instantly it was Fable because there'd been rumors constantly. But if you were watching it, like afterwards, I went and watched it and heard, you know, Stephen Fry doing the, the voiceover and stuff. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. This is of course fable because you've got a a, a a British man narrating in in sort of a you know a dry humor esque way, and then the at the end the fairy gets eaten by a toad. I mean it's 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 so fable. So I'm excited yeah, exactly. to get back. To that. And that's what made me probably the most excited too is that it wasn't just oh look we can make a pretty fairy and look at all the little particles around her wings we can do that now too it's like okay we understand series x we get it we get it but (laughs) then when you have the super pretty fairy get eaten by the toad it was just like oh my god like it they've they have captured the essence of what makes fable fable and i am so here for it because that is the kind of like sense of humor that I'm used to in the game you know the same sort of game that lets you make decisions about whether you're gonna allow like bars and brothels and if you do then there's hookers and puking people in your streets like that's fable (laughs) yeah and it's funny I was watching that trailer and I actually I I don't know what it is maybe it's just I don't know maybe it's just my where my head's at but I was watching it and I felt really bad for the fairy I'm getting it's like oh my god are we gonna have to contend with having our you know companions eaten by toads like I'm a little I'm a little concerned now for this this fairy her life was just like just snuffed out I was like oh my gosh yeah, wings sticking out of his mouth. I know, it was so dark. And then I'm he just, like uh... ribbits and fairy dust comes out his nose. It yeah. was perfect. It you was killed so perfect. Her. I just, yep. I, was, <laughs> I was sitting there thinking to myself like, I, I hope he's the bad guy and we just go after that toad. because You he just, just really want to just some toad legs I don't know for dinner. what it was it just felt like I, I felt I don't know what it was it maybe just, that'll be like the first quest will be maybe. to avenge your fairy friend I hope so but I'm excited that they're bringing back this franchise because it really felt like Microsoft was here's the thing Microsoft's been really bad at taking care of their 
they're franchises that people uh, know and love. Like you look at Perfect Dark, you look at Banjo-Kazooie, you even look at Fable, and you just see these beloved franchises left on the shelf. And and yeah, the last outing for all three of those examples wasn't really up to uh, the standards of, of the player base. But at the end of the day, they're still beloved. And I I hope Fable does really well because I want... Microsoft to look back at those other franchises and say, and say, maybe there's something we can do here. You know, if Crash Bandicoot can get a fourth game, I think we can get a fourth Banjo-Kazooie game. Okay? That's all <laughs> I'm throwing out there. And all I'm saying is if you give me very much like the Horizon Zero Dawn, or I guess the Horizon Forbidden West, mm-hmm. if you give me a Forbidden West collector's edition of playstation i'ma buy it if you give me a fable collector's edition of series x i'ma buy it so i think (laughs) get on it microsoft i think you'll get that and i could see fable obviously this was a very much a cinematic sort of presentation yeah there was no gameplay Uh, i don't even care no, I, I mean, I'm at the it's point like where my biggest criticism of so many other things is I'm just like, OK, this looks pretty, but I can tell it's a cinematic. You don't show me any gameplay. I don't even know what your game is like. What the hell? Which is basically what I'm feeling about Everwild. It looks really pretty, but I don't know what <laughs> what kind of a game it is. And uh, like, that's my criticism across the board for a lot of things in this presentation. And then they do it with Fable. And I'm like, yes. I don't even care. Just give it, give it, give it, give it, give it. Well, it's a, it's an acknowledgement <laughs> that they're working on, it, and I think that's important as as gamers. Um, and and but but not not to the standard of Bethesda. Like, I don't want a trailer. You know, we got that uh, Elder Scrolls. Years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I hope Fable is. Gosh, I really hope it's at l- maybe like less than three years away. I can wait three years. Um, but I just, I want this, this game looks like it's very much targeting Xbox series X and not looking at sort of running on Xbox one. Not that we got that confirmed and, but i really want to see what a next, next gen fable looks like. Cause we haven't had a f- next gen fable last one was, 360. Well, yeah, we didn't even, yeah, we didn't get a, an Xbox one fable title. Yeah. It was all 360. So yeah. I'm I'm excited. I think it's a great way to end. It was a great way to end the showcase as like, uh, here's what's coming next. It was kind of what they needed to do at the end of this to be, here's what's coming in the first year or so with, and you can tell because there's a bunch of gameplay, but here's what's on the horizon for 2022 and beyond. And I think Fable was the perfect way to cap that off because mm-hmm. now we have something to look forward to every time Microsoft says, here's here's some more information on some upcoming games. So I'm excited. Yeah, they better either lead or end with Fable in every single one of their presentations until it comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, it looks so good. It looks so good, and I'm I'm glad it's back. Um, and I think you're right. Like when it comes to the Xbox Series X, I think I think I'd be I'd be sort of lying to myself if I said I was never going to buy one. I'll buy one eventually. It just comes down to the fact of with Fable, do I want to play the first fable game we've gotten in 10 years on the not greatest hardware to play it on because at the end of the day unless i have a screaming computer and they've optimized that thing to you know to just run on most pc hardware they are still targeting the console as the first platform i have faith that microsoft can get most of their games running well on a majority of pc hardware but still at the end of the day the xbox series s is going to be the place to play it and that might be my jumping point, you know, is, is fable like you, like I'll set my marker. Fable will be 
probably when I have an Xbox Series X in the house for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and speaking of kind of like tentpole Microsoft franchises, what they to go all the way back to the beginning (laughs) of the game showcase. Yes, um, there was a section, a very meaty section that was basically showing you the first few minutes of gameplay for the new Halo titles. So Mm. I'm curious what you think about this, because I'll be completely honest, as someone who's not a huge fan of the Halo franchise, I literally watched the first, I want to say minute and a half, and basically like saw them crash. They had this like, I'm gonna go to war. No, I want to (laughs) leave. I'm gonna fight things. And then he jumps out of the spaceship and shoots the same dudes that I've always seen him shooting. And then I just kind of went, okay, and started scrubbing through the video until I saw a person. And then I was like, okay, now I'll stop and and (laughs) listen to the rest (laughs) of the presentation. So yeah, I did not pay a lot of attention to the Halo part of the announcement. Yeah. But I know you're a huge Halo person. So (laughs) tell me all the reasons why I'm wrong. (laughs) Right. And and before we start, I want to give either new listeners or old listeners a refresher or or, or some information here. The reason Jocelyn's not a big fan of Halo. is because of a little little known and forgotten segment called Road to Halo 4, where we played <laughs> through all the Halo games leading up to, to Halo 4. And I think by Halo, th- or at least Halo 3 or maybe ODST, uh, it might have been might have been earlier. I think you just like, I'm just YouTubing this, Ryan. I'm not playing another Halo game. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was this brilliant idea that we had because everyone was super hyped about Halo 4. And then, yeah, yeah, but I had not played Halo games up to that point. So it was my first kind of dip into it. I feel like Halo 1 was like kind of okay, but like old at that point. And then I was like, okay, uh, now I'm going to play Halo 2. And then that. I was getting a little bit sick of it and then I got to Halo 3 and then I really went downhill on Halo 3 and I was just like that's when I was like I'm gonna need to YouTube it and then I played ODST and ODST I actually enjoyed yes um but it was I don't even think I finished that because like we we decided to play one Halo game a week or something absolutely insane like it was not over a long stretch of time it was like back to back to back to back to back I think it was I I think it was every three weeks or anyways, that would be a fun trip down memory lane for folks. Not, not, I'm not asking Jocelyn to play all day. I was like, you better not be asking me to play Halo. I'm just saying that Road to Fable. What do you think? I don't know. Um, no. I would do Road to Fable a hundo percent. All right. You heard it here. I'm writing it down. I will do Road to Fable. Yeah, for sure. I would love to revisit those games, but, um, no, seriously. And we can do it like starting now because yes. then we could spend like six months. <laughs> Not three it. weeks. Yeah, instead of a few weeks. Exactly. <laughs> I think Road to Halo 4, if you want to, if you haven't, if you weren't around when we did that, that would be a fun sort of time capsule moment for new listeners to go back. Because I remember being, it being very, it, I remember it, we, uh, you feeling like it was a fun idea. And then we started doing it. And it just, like you said, it went downhill. But um, yeah, so that's my fault, everyone. I'm sorry about that. Halo Infinite, though, I think I want to get ahead of this and say that I was I'm a I was a really huge Halo fan. Like I was all over the games. I read the books. Uh, I did all of that. And then I think when Halo Three capped, um, and even ODST and Reach afterwards, I was all in on those as well. But then I think there was just too much of a gap between Reach and Four, and then I think Five, while still fun just the story was kind of going off in in a weird direction like it was just you can only do so much when you just keep doing the same thing with uh like a templated character like master chief very much doesn't have this 
this character to him. He's very much this character that just runs around and, and says gruff things and sometimes connects with people, but usually only if they're an AI. Uh, but he's been burned lately, so maybe he's getting he's getting better at being around pilots. But um, with Halo Infinite, I, I'm I'm excited to play it, but I'm not you know really chomping at the bit to to get at it. Right, like I'm gonna play it on my Xbox One X and maybe my PC just to check it out. But I'm not really looking to get an Xbox Series X specifically for Halo. Whereas if you had asked me 15 years ago, am I buying a 360? Absolutely. Like I, you know, for Halo Three, like that was there was no way I was missing that. And I think I remember my 360 red ringing when Halo 3 came out and I ended up borrowing <laughs> a 360 from a friend just so I could play Halo 3 when it launched. Like that's how serious I like I was not lo- I was not losing a moment with that game. Um but with Halo Infinite, I think uh when you look at screenshots of that game, it looks really kind of dull, I think. Um and that's that's a really probably too strong a word, but there's just something about it that doesn't feel next gen Halo. But then when you see it in motion, 4K, 60 frames per second, which I, I loaded uh, up YouTube on my TV, which does 4K at 60 frames. And that that really, you do notice, okay, this is a big deal. Um, and it's a much larger world. They've gone open world. So like I'm excited to return to that franchise. I'm excited to see what they do with the story. Because at the end of 5, it was basically like Cortana had rebooted herself and she's evil and she brought all the AIs on her side and was basically trying to take over humanity, right? That was the cliffhanger ending of five. Now six mm. seems to, or infinite, seems to be bringing in a new bad guy, which are the Banished, which were introduced in Halo Wars 2, which I did not play. So again, they're very much going back to that Halo Combat Evolve feel of like the Covenant are the enemies and you're going to face off against your your known enemies the grunts the elites the brutes that sort of thing the grunts those are the little dudes that he fights all the time that i was like when i saw them like waddling up to the spaceship and he just started shooting i'm like this looks like everything i've ever remember about halo so yeah so i'm just i'm concerned that they obviously are taking the game in new direction with with this open world concept and and sort of uh you know choose your own path in terms of how you want to you know uh go against and, and figure out the objective but i'm i'm a little concerned that we're not seeing there wasn't enough in that gameplay demo that told me like this is very much the halo we know and love and remember but is that enough in this day and age right um like should they have evolved it further and they tried that with five and i think it kind of it kind of bit them in the butt. Like it was almost too different, but I quite liked where they were going with five. Like it felt like an evolution of halo. This feels like they're refining what made halo combat evolve, which was the first one fun. And that, mm. that was an Xbox game. So yeah, I was like, I've been like going back through all of our show notes to try to figure out when it <laughs> happened. And it was like during our first year of gamers in yeah. and there's like, I'm literally finding like, <laughs> These absolute gems of like notes in our show notes saying, I can't find Halo 2. It's so hard to find. And because obviously we had CE because they did the remaster thingy. So yes. I, I had that readily available. But 
Halo 2 apparently was hard to find. And right underneath, I can't find Halo 2 is written, I tried Dark Souls. Hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's <laughs> certain things. Episode 31, that... folks. Episode 31. <laughs> Dark Souls, man. That's just. Yeah. Uh, hate, it, a... hate it, hate it, hate it, Ooh, hate it. <laughs> Road to Demon Souls remit. No, just kidding. Let's not no, do that. No. Someone else do that. Um, but I just, I, I'm cautiously excited about Halo Infinite. I think it's, I think it's, it's going to be for me like i'm going to enjoy it um is it going to bring in you know new players maybe is it going to bring back people who who bounced off halo probably not like it very much looks like this game is being made for those that really love those first three halo games and i when it loaded up and it started and we were watching the cinematics i was like i don't know this seems a little you know kind of not what I'm looking for in a next gen experience. But then as soon as Master Chief started bopping around and shooting enemies, I was like, oh wow, this very much looks like a like a souped up old school Halo game, which could be a lot of fun. So I'm excited, I guess. <laughs> you know <laughs> I, Yeah, I can hear the excitement in your I voice. Just, I feel like I, I don't know, like I feel like I should be really excited about buying the console specifically for this game. And I and I don't know if maybe I think I need to You're play. You're definitely it. not having the same level of reaction to Halo that I have to Fable. So <laughs> yeah, but I mean, maybe. And again, like maybe Microsoft isn't interested in that anymore. But does that necessarily mean the the game is going to suffer? I don't know. Like, is is this a game that started life on Xbox One and then they pushed over to the Xbox Series X? And is that going to hold it back a little bit? They're talking about Halo Infinite being the next halo for the next 10 years like there won't be a halo infinite 2 they're just going to keep building on it but it's not a games as a service it's just it's which is kind of a cool it's kind of a cool concept right because basically they're saying they're gonna have like dlc slash expansions Mm -hmm. that they're just gonna keep adding on to a base halo game which i actually kind of like that concept because it's like you you buy the game or maybe you don't even because you've already got game pass right so i'm assuming that since they include halo infinite on game pass they're going to also include any updates to the game through game pass so as long as you have game pass and you like playing halo then you're just always going to remain up to date and it's Mm -hmm. like because they've also talked about just the system itself as this constantly upgradable, evolving kind of like the last console sort of idea. So maybe that's just kind of what they're going for is like making it essentially a PC and just saying like, look, we're just going to keep updating this thing. We're just going to keep updating our games. And if you stay on Game Pass, which seems to be the kind of through line of this whole presentation, if you stay on Game Pass you'll never need to buy another Halo game again. You just always have the most up-to-date, most awesome version of Halo. Mm -hmm. And as long as that engine keeps getting updated and as long as they keep the game up-to-date in that way, if you know what I mean, like as long as when when things progress, they make these little like micro-adjustments to the code in Halo Infinite, then I think that's actually a really cool concept, right? Mm -hmm. Is just keep it up-to-date with graphics and technology and you never have to create the base of halo again yeah i i mean that is maybe that's probably where the subtitle comes from with with infinite but i I think i guess it's just it's my personal 
sort of conundrum where I'm looking at this and I, I was like, I, sh- I should, I feel like as a, as, a, as a Ryan Murphy, I should be more excited about this, this grand, uh, you know, new Halo adventure where they're putting so much effort into saying this is the next Halo. And again, like I watched, I watched the gameplay and the action, the moment to moment action uh, looks great. The character interactions in the cutscenes look great. Um, I, I really dig the fact that when, when they landed the pod, they crash landed the pod, the pilot was alive. That was, and his reaction to being alive was, was also really good. Like you don't get that kind of character in a Halo game. And, and this is just a small snippet of the game. Like there's not, we haven't had that, you know, uh, maybe Halo five was the first time they really, the latest time they tried to really push that. But I, I, I want to, I want to, I do really want to play it. Uh, but I, I'm not necessarily like. I don't know. I feel like I should be more excited and, and I'm not, I, I need to, I need to get my hands on it. It looks, it looks like it could be fun, but I also got the sense that the world looked pretty empty. I don't know if you felt that as obviously you were scrubbing through it, but um, yeah, I mean, there were like three enemies when he ran off the ship and that's as far as I watched. So, <laughs> yeah. and, and again, I don't want to judge it based on just this small little snippet demo, but again, it's just, um, I'm a little concerned when you say, Oh, we've, we have the freedom to explore a halo ring that is several times larger than the last two halo games combined. It's like, okay, but is it, is it going to be populated? Is there, is it just going to be enemies around? Is there going to be interesting? I just need to see more. Eight Mm -hmm. minutes wasn't enough when they're talking about like this really big, large scope halo game. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm going to, and I totally get that because there's definitely, um, a, a feeling of like, well, I don't really necessarily want to play something that's just big for the sake of big, right? Like if all you've done is copy paste the same enemies into a world that's as big as two of your previous games combined, then it's just like, okay, but it's not engaging at that point. It's just super grindy. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, now you've just put, you know, three times the length in terms of like how far you have to drive or run or whatever on the ground, like the distance you have to cover and you filled that just with a whole bunch of copy paste enemies that don't really mean anything. So now all you're doing is just like delaying me for the sake of delaying me. You're not necessarily telling me any kind of engaging and interesting story. And I think that's the the balance they have to strike is that it's great to just make things big, but that's not all you need. You need to fill that space with something actually meaningful You need to tell me more about your world. You need to give me different kinds of engaging enemies that makes combat not just the same thing over and over and over again. Like there's a lot that you need to do to fill your world. And if you can't, then that's a problem. And I think people are going to fall off the game really quickly if if that's how it's built. I'm not saying it is. I don't know. But, Mm. you know, you either make something cool and interesting or it's a whole bunch of copy paste or it's a whole bunch of empty space, which was my problem with Breath of the Wild. So... You know, yeah. I would hate to see to see Halo go the Breath of the Wild way. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, and like I said, to to watch eight minutes get such a short snippet. Um, there were moments of that gameplay demo that had me like, oh, I'm so excited to play this Halo, but it's just it's so it's it's different from what we're used to, and I I think it's just maybe that 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 change shock of like, oh, this isn't mm-hmm. the Halo. This isn't a Halo I've ever played. Um, Although I loved ODST and it had those open sort of area moments and that was probably my favorite Halo looking back. So yeah, I mean, I think I just need to give it more time because 
also the story is like super hard to understand. They do this with every Halo game. They like they jump you in when they reveal it. They jump you in three missions ahead, so they're not at all. Yeah, they're tipping. not explaining anything. Well, they're not <laughs> tipping their hat at all to the yeah. cliffhanger ending of five. It's just like there's a, like a title that appears and says 167 days since we lost. It's like, well, how did we lose? What did we lose to? Like, what? Yeah. What the hell is? Because I, unlike some people, I play Halo for the story. I know that makes me <laughs> kind of odd. Like I said, I read the Halo books. I'm one of those. So I just, I need to know what's going on outside of the Covenant are back, the Banished are a big deal, and uh, now you're, and humanity has lost. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm a little lost. That's my feeling right now. Maybe I, that's probably why you're you're not as stoked is because you're, you are feeling super lost and you aren't just like a straight up combat guy, right? Like, you seeing those enemies, you seeing that familiar combat isn't enough for you to go, yeah, you're going, you're sitting here while they're shooting things and making things explode. You're going, but what did we lose? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, it's, it's really fun. Like, I can literally picture you watching this, like looking off into the distance. <laughs> I mean, but why? Where? Why is this? Why is this pilot so angry? I love him already. Yeah. He's He's like my favorite, like. Anybody who talks shit to Master Chief to his face, I'm I'm all on board because you gotta have some, you, you gotta you gotta have some real issues with the guy if you're gonna like tell him to it straight. So I love that that back and forth between those two characters because anybody who like doesn't it wasn't really a back and forth though. It was no, it like wasn't. that pilot had this like great personality and yeah. he was like. And then Master Chief was like so robotic, which is probably very Master Chiefy, but he oh, was yes. just like, must war war this way must butt tower first and i think that <laughs> butt tower i think that's the core <laughs> issue in that uh, write that down that's a good title um i i think that's the core issue with with just seeing a very small snippet of the story because like i don't understand why they're crashing i don't understand why the master chief is so obsessed with taking out these three gunships i don't know why he's being so flippant towards the man that just just saved him i i mean all these questions that I know will be answered. And again, the gameplay looks great. It, it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like classic Halo. I'm in on that. But for some reason, this the story is like, they're not putting the story front and center. They and just want to surprise you, Ryan. So me? you just, you have to take a second and then stop asking, tell me why. <laughs> and <laughs> Speaking just enjoy of, the ride. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of, we got another sneak peek at a game called Tell Me Why from... The people behind Life is Strange. It's another episodic title, except they're doing it in a really weird way that <laughs> makes me more angry than anything else because apparently they're releasing one a week. I'm like, just give me the whole freaking game. Like, why are you doing that? Tell me why oh. you're doing this. <laughs> I just I just read a news article. It turns out they delayed it till September 10th. So oh, you'll you can just you can just play the whole thing on September 10th. Okay. Oh, so they're they're <laughs> delaying the whole thing on till September. T- oh no, you're just making a joke am, about the I'm episodic. not a joke. I'm, I'm sorry. It just, I'm helping yeah. you. Uh... That went way over my head. <laughs> I mean, if this were a video show, I'd be like doing the very like wink. Yeah. Yeah. Know, they've delayed it. <laughs> wink. Wink. So make sure you set your calendars for September 10th. <laughs> wink. Uh, uh, it's audio. Just, it's so weird. I don't understand why. They insist on being episodic. It just, I don't like that anyways. And like, it's so funny because when they're split too far apart, like every few months, I'm like, why would you do that? Because now I've forgotten the story that you're telling and you've totally taken me out of it because it's been so long now. 
But then they put these like little small delays between them. And I'm like, why didn't you just give me the game all at once? It's clearly ready. It's programmed. Why? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I just hate episodic titles. It's like my biggest pet peeve in gaming now. Like maybe even more than like loot boxes. <laughs> episodic <laughs> games. Like I will take a game full of loot boxes if you just give it to me all at once. <laughs> I think there's a weird balance here where if if the episodes were coming out monthly, it'd be almost better. But because the episodes are coming out weekly, it's like, just wait the two weeks and play the whole game. Um, but when the episodes are out like every six weeks to two months to three months, which was the issue with Life is Strange 2, that's where it becomes a real hassle for me because that's I stopped playing Life is Strange 2 because I forgot they kept coming out with episodes, you know, because <laughs> three months is a long time. Like there are many yeah. games that come out in that span that that can easily take your attention take away. Take your attention away. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm... <sighs> Here's the thing. I'm kind of coming around on to your side on like, I don't know if I want to play more don't nod entertainment adventure games. Like I don't, I don't know. I just don't know if I want to keep doing that. Anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely at the place with them that I got to with Telltale as well, where I was like, look, it's going to take something extraordinary to get me interested in your stuff again. So like Wolf Among Us 2 was something that would have brought me back to Telltale, but yeah, even like Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, like none of their like big, huge franchises were of any real interest to me. So I don't know. I, I mean, it was a game that they talked about. I thought it was at least worth mentioning because it is coming out rather quickly. Uh, something else that's coming out really quickly that looks so freaking awesome is called Grounded. And it is like, honey, I shrunk the kids, the video game. Yeah. <laughs> And it's coming out in like four days. It's uh, July 28th, 2020 is its release date. And to me, because it's this like, um, basically, you get shrunk down to the size of bugs. And then you have to, then it turns into this like survival game, this co-op survival game, because it's you and three friends. And you have to try to figure out how to get big again while surviving in your backyard. So there's like spiders, it rains, like it's just, it's so much honey, I shrunk your kids, shrunk the kids. There's like, oh, there's the ant colony, like you have to go through like these ant caves and stuff. Like it's very, very, very honey, I shrunk the kids. And that was one of my favorite movies growing up. So I'm down. Is this looks Rick, so fun. Is Rick Moranis in this video game? He but, better be. I mean, at some point, even if it's just like, a, a movie poster on the wall or something because like this just is honey i shrunk the kids the video game <laughs> it, and it sounds a whole lot like raft which is something that i was like really really enjoying over the last little while is uh just kind of getting in there building your survival structure with stuff from around your environment like this doesn't sound quite as relaxing as raft but um, it very much has the the co-op, like build your your central base and and survive until you can figure out. It's kind of like there's there's a start and an end to the story, but it doesn't sound like it holds your hand too much. Like it's not a central questing game. It's like a directed survival game where you do have like an end solution like there's something that you're aiming for and in raft you're trying to figure out what happened to the world and eventually you do that by like building a radio to get a signal and go to all these different places and gather information and this sounds very similar where it's like you got shrunk you have to the big picture is that you have to figure out how to get big again 
but you can just kind of like do that at your own pace. It, it gives you a goal, which is also very like subnautica-y, right? Like there's an end goal, there's a story, but you can also just kind of like hang out and, and play like the survival parts of it. Like that's the more important gameplay loop. Yeah, no, it, it looks like a lot of, looks like a lot of fun. Uh, it, but as a, like a co-op survival adventure game, um, I wonder it's if it's very colorful too. Yeah, it, it, it is. And because, but because it's on game pass, I'm more likely to try it, you know, uh, cause I have, Oh, game we're pass. totally playing this together on game pass. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I'm, and you know, it was really exciting. I mean, this goes back to being just a game showcase. It was, there wasn't a lot of talking heads. It was mostly just trailer after trailer. And yeah, we, we already knew about grounded, but, um, it was really cool to see like an updated look at it, especially to have it alongside, um, all these other big games to kind of give it a little more of a push for, for players. Cause they had a huge turnout in terms mm-hmm. of people watching this, this game showcase. So, um, yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. And like you said, it's out like in a, in a, less than a week. So, yeah, yeah. It comes out in July 28th, 2020. So, uh, if you guys are interested in playing with us, you should definitely let us know, uh, join the TGI discord. It's bit.ly slash TGI discord. If you are interested in playing stuff like this with us, um, and then I the, like I don't want you guys with me like crapping on Telltale and <laughs> crapping on uh, Life is Strange so much. Um, I don't want you to think that I don't like narrative adventure type games because as Dusk Falls was really intriguing to me. That game looked really cool. And it's basically like a family in the Midwest. And I don't know if they're you know like meaning to be there or not or like if the intention was them for always to stay or what but it basically takes place over a 30 year span which I think is really interesting because you don't often see that kind of a um, just like a time span covered in a video game like very often you play through events over a course of a few weeks but they don't usually try to tackle like generational storytelling which is why I think as dusk falls was so interesting to me it's like I'm watching this and it's like early on you play and the girl's a little kid and then later on like she's a full like she's a grown woman and you know like you get to and then she's confronting people from the past and stuff and it just like they're dealing with time spans that I think are really really interesting and you don't often see in gaming so this is one that I'm actually really looking forward to digging my teeth into Hmm. Yeah, I missed I missed the idea that it was a multi generational story because I, again I was I I will be honest I kind of brushed this one aside because it was um, I don't know something about the art style didn't like really click with me like it's very it's very concept arty but it's like high yeah uh, it's, highly it, it's very loose mm-hmm. it's it is kind of loose yeah I can totally see what you're saying there yeah. but again like this thing coming to game pass and the fact that it does it i'll admit it does look cool i do like story driven adventure games um and this one looks more like a like very narrative focused um Mm -hmm. i i mean i have no excuse but to to play it because again if i have access to game pass it's it's an easy install yeah like i feel like we have to play and try all of the games that were shown in the showcase and we're not even going to talk about them all today because there were just so many there's a lot i'm basically just yeah like highlighting the ones that really stood out to me because there was so much i couldn't believe how much they showed us over the course of the you know hour-long presentation uh including something that just like 
it was interesting. It was intriguing. It was creepy AF. Um, the medium. Hmm. Oh my God, Ryan, this thing looked so cool. You're like navigating as a medium through two different dimensions in the same space at the same time. So you're like solving puzzles and seeing things from two different sides. And it's this like super creepy horror game that I just, oh God, I'm so excited for. I think this looks really, really cool. Yeah, no, it looks, oh man, it looks so creepy. And when I was, I, I forgot that this was already a game that had been unveiled um back in may but i was watching this and i think it was like oh is this like a reboot of like silent hill it was getting some really that strong is, vibes. yeah totally silent hill vibes definitely and it's it's so funny because like you keep saying like oh yeah we saw this oh we knew, we heard about this oh this is previously released i was like i don't remember any of these things being talked about. i clearly don't pay enough attention like i didn't i totally missed all announcements about grounded totally missed the medium completely which is really too bad because it's right up my alley it might end up being the kind of thing that i have to watch somebody on twitch play depends on how creepy it is because it also kind of gave me like layers of fear kind of vibes where it's it's just this complete and giant like screw with your mind sort of thing like which wait a minute we're explicit i can swear yes. it's a total mind fuck yeah <laughs> like completely <laughs> yeah it's uh and this one's coming so this is an xbox series x game and pc game it's going to be coming out yeah. holiday 2020 by bloober team and i hope that's i'm hoping i'm pronouncing that right bloober team <laughs> i love that i love that uh studio it's name. such a funny name for such a serious and creepy game <laughs> i know i know and yeah, it, it's um, and it's unique. I I don't think we get a lot of we don't get a lot of horror games, right? And we don't get a lot of high, triple uh, A like high production horror games. So it's really cool that they're running with this one. And uh, the, I think this was the first time we got more like real gameplay for it. And the dual reality puzzle solving just sounds really really neat so and the way they did yeah, it it's, it's like synced up right it, it very it much is, is synced one -one. up yeah yeah it is it's it's basically like you're moving through a space at a at a one-to-one -one ratio like you said and the thing that i really really liked and that they kind of made a little bit more clear near the end of the showcase when they were talking about medium is that it's not like one of the dimensions is scary and then the other dimension is not like there's, you know, one dimension that very much is the broken down, like where all the creepy things live. But then the other dimension is not without it's it's kind of scary moments like there's, you know, one moment in the one dimension where she's in she's in this like nondescript kind of room. And then you go back to the dimension that I, I'm going to say is like the closest to what we would probably consider reality. I don't know exactly what the story is there, but, you know, that looks like normal air quotes normal. And there's like all these this like creepy horror movie writing on the wall and stuff. And so it's like very much um portraying that you're not really safe regardless of which dimension that you're in so it's not like you know reality dimension spooky dimension it's very much like different places are spooky at different times in these two dimensions so 
I thought that was really, really cool because at first I got the vibe that was like, okay, if I ever get too scared, all I have to do is go back to reality and then there's not a problem. And then at near the end of the trailer, it's like, oh no, reality's screwed over too. Okay. <laughs> like it's just creepy everywhere. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it looks like, I was going to say, it looks like a lot of fun, but it probably isn't going to be a lot of fun. It just, it <laughs> well, like it's a, a cool different, horror is always a different kind of fun, right? <laughs> I know. It really depends on, on your approach, but the dual, like, the last time I experienced something like that would have been maybe uh, Dead Space 3 had this this co-op mechanic. So this is a single player game, the medium, but Dead Space 3 had this co-op mechanic where if you were playing with a with a friend um, and you were playing together, the game would show you different things. So you would be playing off your friend that you're playing with because they can, do you see that? Well, I don't see anything. It's like, well, I see it. It's coming for us. Ah, you know? So I'm I'm excited to experience that and, and see how both worlds play off each other if there's sort of some some like you're going to be pulled from one world to the other if something's happening to your character it's just it opens up so many interesting possibilities in terms of just not just the horror genre but but also video games in general like i I want to see what they do with this design mechanic and if it is really truly next-gen hardware that allows them to do this that that's exciting to Mm -hmm. to see what they do with that technology right so absolutely Uh, was there anything else from the showcase that really caught your eye? I feel like I've just been pointing out all my stuff. <laughs> well, no, the, I think a lot of your stuff is is also what I'm looking forward to as well. I mean, some quick, you know, tidbits. I mean, Destiny Two Beyond Light. The fact that Destiny Two is is going to be part of Game Pass is a big deal, uh, and not just the base Destiny Two, like all the expansions, including the new one that's coming out. Um, and they did announce that Destiny 2 would be coming to Game Pass for PC as well uh, sometime next year. So that's really exciting to, to not have to purchase those, not have to purchase expansions, but just go in and play it and have access to that content. So mm-hmm. I don't know, kind of like uh, an MMO. <laughs> <laughs> but then instead of like if it were like paying for the WoW subscription, you also get access to StarCraft and, and Diablo and all that stuff. So it's it's yeah. a it's a neat concept. Um Rare's new game, Everwild. I don't know if we actually talked about it yet because it's hard. Uh, not really. I just, I basically like, uh, I just talked about it in terms of like, it had the same sort of reveal as Fable, right? Yes. Or I guess not reveal because this is another one they've talked about before, but it's very much like just they showed us a bunch of like cinematic looking stuff and not any gameplay. So I don't even really know what this game is mm-hmm. other than super pretty. And I think that like, well, we got some gameplay of Call of the Sea, but I got the same vibe from Call of the Sea as I did from Everwild, where they really felt like they were um, leveraging like the visuals, right? Like they were taking what was available from the new tech in the Series X and very much like putting that to the forefront and showing that off. Now, Call of the Sea was was more of kind of like this like puzzly game, but in this like first person really really pretty environment and Mm -hmm. everwild was kind of very similar where it was like you going through all these fields with this like uh, just infinite grass moving around and stuff and and again like down to like all the particle physics and stuff like there was there was obviously the series x next gen tech at work in these two games and uh yeah like i don't know if i'm excited about it because i don't know what it is (laughs) yeah i'm i'm in the same boat with with Everwild, it, it 
I like I like what Rare does. I think they prove themselves with Sea of Thieves from like something that came out and we weren't really sure whether it was gonna, you know, um, oh, Sea of Thieves is gonna look so pretty on the Series X. Like the waves and the like, the water already looks good, but like, oh man, mm-hmm. and they're they're releasing Sea of Thieves is also getting a, a big update with the Series X. So yeah, so they they also confirmed a bunch of optimized stuff. So yeah. Forza Horizon Four is going to be optimized for Xbox Series X, Gears Five, Gears Tactics when it comes out on consoles at the end of the year. Ori and the Will of the Wisps is going to run uh, well uh, on Xbox, which is good. <laughs> you could just say it's going to run well because I don't really think it has yet. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I never went back to one on Xbox, but I know on PC it ran fine. But uh, I need yeah. to jump back in. I guess they did fix some issues. Um, but in terms of like new games uh, that we haven't mentioned yet, um, I I love the Steam World games that Image Inform does. And they had a new one called The Gunk which is unrelated to the SteamWorld sort of franchise, but it's from the same same creators, same developers. And at first I was like, oh, this isn't SteamWorld. But then as I was watching it more, it just looks like a really interesting, could be interesting, smaller title. We didn't get a lot of these um, sort of smaller experiences in the showcase. There was a lot of bigger games. Yeah. So it was nice to see something, something smaller tucked in there. So I kind of want to see what that game is. It looks like more of an uh, an adventure exploration game with some puzzles and stuff. Um, you know, we got a new Forza, which, you know, I'm sure car guys are going to be happy about that car people, <laughs> I should say. Um, but, uh, the last one we haven't mentioned was avowed, which is a new mm. first person RPG, uh, from obsidian set in the, uh, pillars of eternity world, which I guess is their, is their, uh, RPG, um isometric game that they that they had done uh okay because this to me looked so much like lord of the rings like there were so many moments like you're literally i i loved how pretty the spell effects looked where the player kind of like drew the rune in the air and then his hand glowed all purple and then he had this like arcane circle thing around it like it it looked really cool for the spell casting stuff but at the same time, I'm like, okay, you've got a spellcaster with a big sword on one side of a rock bridge, and then there's some big sort of flamey enemy coming through a hallway. Like that is Gandalf in Moria. That just is. That's that's <laughs> the Balrog. Like yeah, that's, that's that scene. And then like two or three scenes later, they're kind of like on top of these mountains, and I was like, that's after they lose Gandalf. Like that's where that came from. <laughs> this is the this is New Zealand like countryside that we're looking at right now. I was just like. I don't know what this is, but if this isn't in the Lord of in a Lord of the Rings fan franchise, like if this isn't a Lord of the Rings game, like they're gonna get sued. <laughs> it is not. So maybe, maybe they will. So get sued. Maybe, um, maybe because like I I couldn't get over it. I thought it was a Lord of the Rings game. <laughs> I think it's very likely that we will get avowed before we get Elder Scrolls Six, and yeah, <laughs> uh, that is exciting just from the prospect of I want to play Elder Scrolls Six. So I will, and Obsidian is well known. They've done a lot of uh, Bethesda sort of spin-offs. They did um, Fallout New Vegas, and they they did last year's uh, Outer Worlds. So mm. they've they've got a, a strong pedigree when it comes to RPGs, uh, and I think they even did um, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic two. They they've got a so and this is this is a great example of what they can do with Microsoft money. Like this looks like a very expensive AAA first person RPG, and I'm excited to play it. I, I think when I saw the trailer, similar to Fable, I was like, oh man, this looks so cool. But how long are we gonna have to wait? Um, yeah. 
but so we'll see we'll see but i'm excited that they announced it because obsidian is a fantastic studio yeah and i think that's that's pretty much all that i got like i said the last thing i wanted to talk about was call of the sea but we kind of already did that it looks like a a pretty cool puzzly has maybe some creepy alone type moments too mm-hmm. which which looked really awesome so yeah overall i was i was quite impressed and and i think the most impressive thing out of all of this is that everything that we did see as part of the showcase and again if you guys missed anything like the the vod is up on youtube there's a list on um news.xbox.com if you want to actually go and see everything they talked about but the fact that everything that they talked about is available for game pass meaning that you don't actually have to purchase any of these you just as long as you have your game pass subscription you have access to all these games that's pretty crazy so i'm looking forward to giving all of these things a try and uh yeah as soon as that (laughs) fable uh collector's edition of the series x comes out i'm gonna get me a series x (laughs) hey man yeah that sounds there's definitely gonna be a halo one i don't know if that would be enough to to get you over but i'm sure they're gonna have a halo one (laughs) i i think i'm i'm so here's like here's the thing when it comes to halo infinite i'm fine playing at launch on the hardware i have um but i'm excited to play it on the xbox series x when i when i end up buying one because i know i'm gonna buy one eventually i'm i'm both happy and sad that i'm not gonna be buying probably not gonna be buying a next gen console uh in the holidays because i do like buying new tech but i mean if the games aren't there or the reasoning isn't there yeah i'm still not convinced i I mean i had a conversation uh with crofton um co-host on dungeons and diapers about the playstation 5 we're both excited about the new spider-man game but he's convinced it's going to come to ps4 and Mm. i can't think of reasons against that because everything we're hearing about it is they're talking they're talking specifically about the ps5 experience but they're not they're not talking as if it's they haven't I don't know. It's just well, it's very sim- similar to a lot of stuff that they're talking about in in the Xbox showcase, right? Is that mm-hmm. like it will be playable on PC and Xbox One, but the full experience is going to be, you know, the game is made for the next gen. So I, I think you're probably it's probably going to come to both. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we'll definitely see. Obviously, we we don't know um yes or no and they might but the fact that they haven't come out and said like this is in and maybe they have said it's exclusive to ps5 but i haven't seen it so mm-hmm. um it really they are nintendo or playstation is focusing on this is the experience on ps5 um and this was a game showcase but there's still the elephant in the room of how much are these things going to cost and that's the great thing about the xbox game showcase is i can get excited about all these games and not have to worry about how much is this box going to cost, you know? Yeah. So that's exciting as well. Absolutely. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, if you guys want to visit us on the web, you can do so at gamersinpodcast.com. You can also come and hang out in our Discord. Like I mentioned early, earlier, it is bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Brian is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. Thanks for staying at The Gamers In. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>